I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning. Welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 103.9 WYAB. Thanks for joining me today. This show is, like so many are, pre-recorded. I actually had to record this on Monday. So this is before the Iowa caucus that I guess is taking place tonight as I record this two days ago, as you may be listening to this. So I don't really have anything anything to talk about with that. I mean, my best guess is Donald Trump took it, and then hopefully, hopefully, Vivek put in a second-place finish. Sir seems like he was working hard there. More about that in just a little bit, but uh, it's it's political theater. My interest level in it is fairly low. My interest is much more in the way people are reacting to primary season, so that's what we'll focus on a little bit today. I'm actually leaving. The reason I had to record this show so early, I am leaving on Tuesday, which will be yesterday, as you listen to this. Uh <laughs> Look, I love the travel of my job. I spend about nine months a year now uh, on the road, and I really do enjoy this. I've been to several different parts of the country. Most of the times I enjoy this, I'm not looking forward to this one. Uh, On Tuesday, I am having to get on a woke airline, apparently, with a bunch of DEI hires. We're seeing this as uh, this has really been highlighted recently. Delta Airlines, United Airlines, maybe being one of the worst abusers. I'm not flying United, but I've got to go get on a woke airline. Hope the passengers, nobody loses their mind. I don't get involved in a <laughs> a brawl on the plane. And now we have the added fun of I'm hoping that a fake door doesn't blow off the plane. And this is all after being bossed around by the unconstitutional TSA the chronic violators of the Fourth Amendment uh, to the U.S. Constitution. I mean, there's nothing to enjoy about this trip because my destination is taking me to a place where the high on the day that I land, the high for the day is three degrees. The low being, I believe, negative eight degrees is what the forecast is showing anyway. And I'll tell you right now, I am not... I am not a cold-weather guy. I am a southern kid uh, at heart for sure. I've said it many times. I have the very masculine trait of tending to get chilly. I'm trying to figure out. I don't. First of all, I don't know why anybody lives somewhere like that. Now, I've been to this place before when it was not this cold. Eh, it was okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was nice. 
But to put up with these winters year in and year out, now there's people who say the same thing for us about the heat, but uh, negative eight degrees, I got to tell you, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm going to be indoors all day, but just getting to and from, when you're looking at a negative and then you throw in a wind chill factor on top of that, I believe the wind chill is supposed to be somewhere around negative 20. How do you dress for that? Do you dress to go from my hotel to the car and the car into the business and then I strip down to regular clothes for the remainder of the day and then get re reinstalled again? I really, I honestly, I'm, I'm actually being serious about that. I'm trying to, trying to figure out how I'm not miserable the vast majority of the day. But anyway, uh, that is my lot in life right now. It's a short trip, much shorter than the ones I normally have, but uh, not looking forward to it. All right, we're going to get into a little bit of primary season. Uh, Matt Kennard, my quote of the day today, Matt Kennard, no idea who this guy is, but he put out a tweet. He said, the empire has never been more exposed. The media has never been expo uh, more exposed. The door is now ajar. We just have to kick it in. And boy, it does feel that way, doesn't it? I'm just not sure if we have quite enough people to kick it in. Uh, as I'm recording this on Monday, it is Martin Luther King Jr.'s day. And this is really rich. Boy, is this, is this, this is very typical of the U.S. government. The FBI, the FBI on Martin Luther King Day sends out a tweet. Quote, this is MLK Day. The hashtag FBI honors one of the most prominent leaders of the civil rights movement and reaffirms its commitment to Dr. King's legacy of fairness and equal justice for all. Holy cow. What is that? Is that one sentence? And there's about a dozen things wrong in there, but most 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 obviously is the FBI targeted Martin Luther King, composed a letter, I believe, trying to convince him to commit suicide. They surveilled him. They spied on him. They harassed him. They set him up. And many people believe that they may have actually been involved in his assassination. The FBI wishing us all a happy MLK Day with their honor of this great civil rights leader. This is one of these things about the left these days who are cheering on the FBI, whether it's against Trump or against Trump supporters or uh, in support of their investigations into January 6th. I go, do you people really not remember history? It was not that long ago that the FBI was targeting your heroes and to be honest with you, they're still doing it right now. Of course, we know the response to that on the right is to vote for the guy who wants to build the FBI a brand new $1 billion building for some, for some strange reason. Some strange reason. I had some headlines here. Boy, I, there is some good news out there. I will say, I should start the show this way. The, uh, the pushback that I'm seeing globally against the globalists, against this World Economic Forum plan for our lives, uh, their plan is not going well. Now, barring something like I'm seeing rumblings about uh, the World Economic Forum, I think they're, maybe they're meeting right now. Are they meeting in Davos right now? Uh, and one of the main topics that they're discussing is disease X. So I'm sure we have something along those lines uh, to look forward to. But uh, there's images out of Germany, if you haven't seen this. Of course, it's not being covered in the mainstream press here. The farmers in Germany 
have taken to the streets. The people are lining the streets in support of these people, feeding these. It's much like the truckers' uh, protest up in Canada back in, uh, was that 20 or 21? Uh, that's going on in Germany right now. The numbers are absolutely huge. I sure would like to see our farmers get engaged, but I think our farmers are really kind of at the beginning of the attack. Now, one of the things that the German farmers are actually protesting is a cutting of government subsidies on their fuel. Now, as a libertarian, I got to tell you, it drives me crazy to watch these Republicans, these air quotes here in the studio, small, limited government Republicans crisscrossing Iowa promising to not touch those corn subsidies, the ethanol mandates, basically growing business and handing out, it's just corporate welfare to farmers and Republicans who pretend to be for small limited government go up there and pander to these farmers and promise them that they'll keep shoving corn oil into our gas tanks. So I'm not a big fan of even the idea of Germany subsidizing fuel for farmers, but I can almost guarantee you, without knowing the facts around it, that those subsidies just offset some of the probably horrific regulations that farmers are under uh, in Germany. So if you take away the subsidies and continue to impose all of the regulations, look, we know what's happening globally. They're trying to shut down farmers. They are trying to take control of farmland and the food industry. If they really want to control us, uh, that is the way to do it. And so the German farmers and the French farmers, the Dutch farmers, they've all been protesting over in Europe. Again, you'll never see that on our own mainstream media, but coming soon to a farm near you. So it's not going well. ESG, that environmental and social governance, I believe is what ESG stands for. And it is falling apart at the seams. There are all kinds of, and, and really the reason is not so much the pushback of people, which is what it should be. That's what would be really encouraging, but because ESG is not profitable. Even wealthy people who have tried to jump on this ESG bandwagon are finding out it's just not profitable. Funds that set up were set up to only invest in companies with these high ESG scores are finding that these companies do not perform well. And of course they don't perform well because that's not any function of business to just mandate uh, things like this diversity and sustainability. I'm all for curtailing pollution, punishing people who pollute common air and water and things like that. But this idea of just arbitrarily pushing people to meet some bizarre made-up carbon goal uh, is not a profitable thing, and ESG is starting to die, it seems like. Electric vehicles, too. They aren't dying, but there is a very obvious realization going on that people are not going to move completely to these electric vehicles. It's just not going to happen, particularly with cold freezes like this. I'm looking forward already, as, although I'm Good Lord, I, I, now that I think about it, I hope I didn't accidentally rent an electric car when I go up to the frozen tundra. But this cold snap is going to full, uh, more fully expose electric vehicles. They do not perform well in sub-zero temperatures, my understanding. Uh, neither do they perform really well in the heat. But this was interesting. Hertz. Hertz Rental Cars is actually selling 20,000 electric vehicles and a shift back towards gas-powered cars due to weak demand and high repair costs. 
and what they're <laughs> what they're going to do. They're probably realizing. I actually saw uh, in this story a listing of some of the EVs. I believe Tesla or somebody is selling uh, some used Teslas. Maybe that was the same listing. Hertz. They were only around twenty thousand dollars, but when you realize that these cars look to have somewhere in the seventy to ninety thousand miles on them range, couple of years old, when you realize that, uh, as Hertz probably does, that very soon these batteries are going to need to be replaced at somewhere around what are they twenty thirty thousand dollars to replace the batteries on these things? There can barely barely be a used uh, secondary market for used electric vehicles with that kind of bill waiting for anybody who purchases an old one. So we've got that going as long uh, as well. They're pushing back against that. Here's more good news. More good news. It turns out that uh, I guess since they've been taking a look at this, a Gallup poll released last Friday reveals that a record low percentage of Americans identify as Democrats. And, you know, I've been talking about this for a while, uh, you know, just it, it takes a little bit of patience, uh, but the Democratic Party, having gone so wackadoodle, are turning off a whole bunch of just very normal people. What did it say here? Uh, the, the 2023 average, when they asked the question, do you consider yourself a Republican or a Democrat? 45% said Republican. 43% said Democrats. These are the best numbers for the GOP since 1991. Uh, without people, they ask uh, inside that first statistic, they ask with the people who are kind of independent leaners. Uh, without these independent leaners, people that are really tr uh, committed to the party, only 27% of people identified as Democrats. And I think that's really, that's probably pretty darn accurate. I would say about a quarter of people have really bought into this nonsense. Look, about 50% of the people in this country are NPCs, non-performing characters. And I don't even say that as a judgy thing. They may be incredibly happy people. They're disengaged. They're living their lives, sometimes for good, sometimes for meh, for nothing. They just aren't really emotionally or intellectually equipped to really understand the way the world works. But some people are just checked out. They just don't care. And I, I, it's it's hard for me to really fault them. I barely care, except that I know where we're headed if you people keep voting for these same two parties and same people over and over again. But the Democratic Party, as a party itself, is dying. And this is why I believe the Democrats and the media are destined to give you Donald Trump as the candidate. Because the only thing, the only thing that would energize Democrats to get to the poll right now is certainly not going to be Joe Biden, but it is going to be Donald Trump as the Republican nominee. The, the entire, as near as I can tell, the entire playbook for 2024 and the 2024 election is to sow as much chaos and hatred as possible. And if you don't think that they are trying, trying, everybody thinks, oh, they're doing everything they can to stop Donald Trump. Look, the guy is almost 80 years old. He's overweight. They've got a heart attack gun. I'm just saying, if they wanted to take Donald Trump out, I think they would have done it a while ago. Donald Trump serves a great purpose in this election to the people who want to exert more control and that is to keep Donald Trump in the race, stoke the hatred on the left of Donald Trump, stoke the love on the right for Donald Trump because he's seen as this martyr-type character. 
And this assures that they keep him in, and I believe, I think they want him to win. You know, everybody's been talking about who are they going to replace Joe Biden with. The guy cannot. There's no way. I mean, I was so wrong. I thought he would be out in May of his second year. But they are hanging him in. There's nobody who believes he could finish a second term, much less maybe even make it to the beginning of a second term. But it makes a little sense. Maybe they won't replace him. Because the goal is to have Donald Trump be elected president. Because that assures the most division, the most hatred, the most chaos uh, in this country is possible. I think that's the script. Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit a little bit about that and what we're seeing leading up into. I mean, you know, again, Iowa is in history books by the time you hear uh, this podcast, but the primary season itself is interesting. It's the people's reactions to the candidates that I find most interesting. We'll get around to that when we come back. Stick around. Stop me now. You know, as I was trying to give some good news, good news about things that are going on, the pushback against the globalists, the electric cars dying on the vine. I'd like to have a second electric car, you know, a second car that's an electric car. They're supposed to have great performance. Uh, the Porsche 911 electric version sounds like an absolute hoot to drive from the people that I've talked to who have driven the things. These things are rockets. Uh, I don't want to depend on one. And I'm not going to live in a state that uh, outlaws them. But one other piece of good news that I saw, and I don't know how new this is, but I just ran across it. There is a new dating site out there called Unjected. It is a dating site for the un-COVID vaccinated. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually thinking about just putting up a profile just to see. Uh, just to see how many people have uh, are on this thing. I guess the pool is... I guess the pool is around 25% of people have not taken any of the COVID shots. That's pretty small. Look, when you're in your middle age, whether you're a man or a woman, trying to find love again, the pool is already pretty small. And if you got to take 25% of that, and then within that even smaller pool, find somebody that you like and that likes you back, (laughs) the chances aren't good. But I love people coming together over not having been duped into taking the COVID shots. That's actually very interesting to me and uh, and something that needs to be done. Uh, you, could, you know you would at least have some very interesting initial conversations with anybody that you meet on that site. Okay, so we'll take a look at uh, what was leading up to the Iowa stuff. The polls had it. And again, this I, I know this is a little out of form since the thing has already happened, and I'm talking about polls heading into Iowa because I'm pre-recording this segment. But what I think is interesting, so the polls had it that Trump was in a commanding lead last polls that I see on Monday. Trump, 54%. Haley, Nikki Haley at 20%. And then Ron DeSantis at 13 That's the headline. And so it's very interesting to me that Vivek Ramaswamy, boy, he looks like he was working his tail off up there. Now, I know that I live in a little bit of a bubble. I get a lot of my news from Twitter. And by what I engage, what I look at, I was going to say engage in, but I don't think I've ever posted anything to Twitter ever. I just look at it. 
And so I know by what I look at and the people that I follow, I am Twitter has created for me and has created for you, regardless of who you are and what you believe and what you like and what you endorse, they have created our bubbles for us. And it feels to me that Vivek Ramaswamy is the one out there really hustling and the most interesting candidate by a long shot uh, in the race. I don't fully trust him still because I don't trust anybody who want, who seeks a political office. I just have an inherent distrust. You have to be somebody like Ron Paul, who served for, what, 30 years? He came and went and came back again. And you can look at his record, and then I can say, that's a guy that I would really support as a politician, somebody who's just getting into office. Ramaswamy's got some things in his past that are a little, little questionable, a little oligarchy. But when he speaks, the way he engages with people, the amount of work he's put in, he is by leaps and bounds the most interesting person on the Republican side of the ticket. He's not showing up in any of these polls. And so I don't know if it's my bubble that makes me feel like, my gosh, the guy is out there hustling. He's all over the place. He's doing interviews everywhere. When he speaks, he's interesting to listen to at least. But most of the gatherings that Ramaswamy did were, you know, most of the rooms looked like they were holding anywhere between 30 and 50 people. So to get around to Iowa, you know, I may just be seeing so much of it because of the Twitter bubble that I have inadvertently created for myself. Now, I follow some left-wing people, too, just to see what's going on. But it'll be very interesting to see because I'll tell you what it feels like to me, and it's been pointed out online, and Vivek has even responded and said he feels the same way. It seems like Vivek is getting the Ron Paul treatment. Now, I was the deputy director which was really a glorified title for almost doing nothing. I didn't know what I was doing. Don't know why I got chosen. <laughs> the, the director of the Ron Paul campaign at the same time in 2008, he didn't know why he had gotten chosen. I guess it was because we were the first, only couple of libertarians that could organize anything uh, in the state of Mississippi, so we got the gig. But I remember the Ron Paul during the 2008 election, he was getting, you know, he got more uh, contributions from active duty military than all the rest of the candidates combined. He was winning online poll after online poll. And those may be because libertarian leaning people are probably a little bit quicker. There's a lot of nerds in the libertarian party, thinkers, autisms, uh, autistics. <laughs> so they might have been more online. So it's not a, wasn't really a, a litmus test on all of America that Ron Paul was winning. Uh, online polls, but the bottom line is he was winning them, and sometimes pretty handily. And if he wasn't winning, he was coming in second place. And you would see, uh, you would see polls on CNBC where it had, you know, the number one, and then it would say tied for third, and they wouldn't have anybody listed as number two. And they did an interview with, uh, or somebody asked John Harwood. He was the political correspondent or whatever for CNBC at the time, he said, well, we're, we're just not going to give any attention to somebody that has no chance to win. This was when Ron Paul came in second in a very large poll, and they just took him off. They just didn't list him. And Harwood, the political director, just said, oh, well, he's not going to win anyway, so we're just not going to talk about him. I mean, just think about that. Your mainstream media has been corrupt for a long, long, long time. This is not a new phenomenon just around uh, Donald Trump. But Vivek seems to be getting the same treatment. He's not showing up in any of these polls, and I really find it very hard to believe, unless it is just the bubble effect on my news feed. 
Very hard to believe that he's not making uh, any more of a splash than that. Of course, somebody thinks he's making a splash because finally, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, not one to share the spotlight at all, not, any, not one to share credit with anybody, not, not one to be complimentary of anybody who might be competing against him. Donald Trump came out and sent out a, a truth, I guess it is. He said this, he said, Vivek started his campaign as a great supporter, quote, the best president in generations, unquote, etc. Unfortunately, now all he does is disguise his support in the form of deceitful campaign tricks. Very sly, but a vote for Vivek is a vote for the, quote, other side, unquote. Don't get duped by this. Vote for, all caps, Trump. Don't waste your vote, exclamation point. Vivek is not MAGA. The Biden indictments against his political opponent will never be allowed in this country. They are already beginning to fall. MAGA. And what was more interesting than that tweet, because that's not to be unexpected, Donald Trump goes against anybody who challenges him, whether it's some of the most stalwart conservatives, small, limited government people in our Congress, like Chip Roy or Thomas Massey. If you go against Donald Trump, you're going to get you're going to get attacked. It doesn't matter if you're good for the country or not. The question to Donald Trump is, are you good for Donald Trump? But what was even more amazing about this to me was watching the response of Trump supporters. Because I have watched online, I follow a lot of people who are Trump supporters, and they've got interesting things to say, and I would agree with them on a whole lot of stuff, except for their support of Donald Trump. And they were talking very highly about Vivek. This guy is great. A lot of MAGA people out there were thinking, man, Trump needs to pick this guy for his VP. A lot of people even wrestling with the idea, who's better, Vivek or Trump? I'll tell you right now, it's Vivek. But anyway, Vivek was riding high on the America First MAGA movement. But as soon as Donald Trump, as soon as the leader, dear leader, put out this tweet, the very next, well, probably within hours... And now, look, I will say, Vivek is playing a game here. He is doing something political. He's basically saying, I'm going to pardon Donald Trump, so they're not going to let Trump get into the White House. But if I get in, I will pardon him, and I'll call off the dogs off of Donald Trump. Now, that's, that's political calculation. I guess that maybe even that could be considered deceitful. But for a guy like Vivek, who is basically saying, and again, I'm not, I'm not trusting this guy. He's got no record. He's got a little bit of swampiness to his background, but he is interesting. He's well-read. If I was still a Kool-Aid-drinking Republican, I would vote Vivek. It wouldn't even be close in the, the stable that you have running for the GOP nomination. But as soon there, Vivek was doing all the right MAGA things, and MAGA was in love with him, and with one single... I'm just going to, can I just call it a tweet? What is it supposed to, is it called a truth? Please tell me that Truth Social, you don't post a truth. That sounds really retarded and very propagandistic, kind of a, kind of Orwellian. But within this one message from Donald Trump, a huge chunk, I might say 90%, if I just had to, had to pull a number out of my hat, of all the people that I follow, about 90% of people just immediately turned on Vivek and said it's not his time, and now he's even shooting himself in the foot for 2028. These are the same people that just hours or days before were praising Vivek Ramaswamy and saying, boy, this guy is really sharp. He, he gets it. 
If if Trump wasn't winning, wasn't running, this guy would definitely be my guy. Hell, I'm thinking about supporting Vivek. But as soon as Trump put out the word, and when dear leader speaks, 90% of people snapped in line immediately. It, it's it's weird. It's it's very very weird to me how somebody can make you turn on a dime without any new evidence. Nothing really happened. Nothing was exposed. The only thing that was exposed is that Vivek is using this. He's using this thing to appeal to Trump voters. He's trying to earn Trump voters. Is that (laughs) is that surprising? He's running against Donald Trump. A lot of people thought he's been running for vice president. Now, I also want to say this. And and did, did I see. Did I see that Marco Rubio has come out and endorsed Donald Trump? Marco Rubio, the neocon warmongering establishment Republican hack, has has uh, endorsed Donald Trump along with Lindsey Graham. Does this not set off some spidey senses with anybody? You think that you're voting for this anti-establishment, the guy that's going to take down the deep state? There are no bigger supporters of the deep state than Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio. I'm just saying, I believe when I hear that kind of thing, it almost feels to me like some little birdie whispered into Marco Rubio's ears, hey, you need to get behind Trump. He's going to get Nikki Haley to be his VP. That is going to be something to see. That is going to be interesting. The way that Vivek was in favor with MAGA until Donald Trump put out the word, dump him, and everybody did. The same way that right now Nikki Haley's out of favor, but if Trump makes her the VP choice, he can put out one message and suddenly people will be telling everybody why it's a genius move to make Nikki Haley, the warmonger, his vice presidential uh, uh, partner. Now, I don't know. That hasn't happened yet. A lot of people saying it's not going to happen, but it will be very interesting to see. I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it was first floated out there. I hope it's not true because I believe Donald Trump is going to be the next president of the United States. Because they want him to be. I mean, when you stop and think about who did really well during the Trump presidency. Now, though, there are some of you out there who might say, well, yeah, I mean, I, I, my, my taxes went down by 5% or 10% during Donald Trump. Well, that's great. Elect a libertarian, your taxes will go to zero. It won't even be an issue. But anyway, who did really, really, really well The same people that did really, really, really well during the Obama administration. The oligarchs, the billionaire class, the banks, the Fed, the defense contractors. That's who did great during Trump's first term. You throw on top of that, who else did really, really, really well during the Trump term in office? The mainstream media. The mainstream media did absolutely fantastic during Trump. I think they are yearning for those years, and they're getting a taste of it now during this campaign season. So they'll be disingenuous and try to rile up the left against Donald Trump. But the bottom line is they're getting eyeballs on the networks in this circus show that is our elections. So if you want an anti-establishment, Vivek's being left off of, he's being left off of mainstream polls, while Donald Trump is quite obviously being pushed to be the Republican candidate. All of these attacks on him legally, all for show. 
all part of the great theme. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. Boy, I'm using a lot of time. I've got a crazy conspiracy theory here. You, you want to hear a conspiracy theory, you're not going to hear anywhere else. I, a lot of great people are Trump supporters. As far as people, I love them. I don't understand the love for Donald Trump because I lived through 2020, which was the worst year for American freedom in the history of our country. And I don't give the guy who takes credit for that uh, a pass, where many people will. But it's no ill will towards people who support Donald Trump. I just don't get it at this time. But I'm, here, I'm going to show you how I believe the media is manipulating you. And you, you've not heard this anywhere else, I can assure you. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of tough guys, a lot of freedom-loving people, they talk about being great patriots. You know, it's a very kind of, uh, kind of macho way of of looking at things. They, they believe they draw some strength from Donald Trump, I believe. Well, recently, you may have heard this in the last week, uh, Jayapal, I forget her, she's one of the members of the squad, was talking about trying to stop Donald Trump because of what happened on January 6th, and she made this gaffe. We're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened. Let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that, too. <laughs> yeah, you could talk about that, too, I guess. <laughs> so it is the, the confusing of insurrection and erection. Okay, so here's where we're going to go down the rabbit hole. Are you ready for a conspiracy theory? This is, this is how I think the media has manipulated <laughs> a lot of straight men and maybe some women. You know, maybe this is because it's subliminal. Because Jayapal is not the first one to do that. And there's actually a supercut of these things out here. Just listen to this, what's taken place over the past couple of years. Uh, into inciting an erection. They feel if a president has incited an erection. For inciting the erection. Incited the erection. Someone who just incited an erection. Did incite an erection on the Capitol. For inciting that deadly erection. Former President Trump incited an erection. He uh, worked to incite an erection. There is no comparison to inciting an erection. Uh, into inciting an erection. For inciting the erection. Incited the erection. Okay. Now, one of those was Anderson Cooper from CNN. We all understand why he said that. <laughs> but this happens so often. Those are not two words that really, they don't really go. I believe, here's my big conspiracy theory. I believe the media has been planting that as a subliminal sign. And I'm sure that's not the extent of them. I'm sure there's more. That was what, about 20, 25 instances of them doing this? And a lot of people will say, that's just because the Democrats are a bunch of perverts. The media is a bunch of perverts. Well, you're right about that. Maybe you're right. But I suspect that maybe the plan is so diabolical that what they have tried to do is to equate Donald Trump <laughs> with success in the bedroom to make sure that he actually takes root with the manly American patriot out there and the patriotic woman out there who may also be 
somehow drawn to, hey, look, we, we all enjoy the activity. So maybe women too. I believe this has been a diabolical, subliminal messaging to make sure that Donald Trump does rise back to ascendancy and from what I believe to accomplish the rest of their goals. Because when Donald Trump is in office, the right wing, they let their guard down. Be right back. All right, final segment for the day. Uh, I, I'm going to be doing some Trump expose shows. Uh, people will accuse me. I would imagine the snowflake Trump supporters have probably long left. I know I have some Trump supporters who listen to this show. I appreciate your indulgence and willing to th- at least think about the things I say. I, I feel like everybody's about to make another huge mistake because I've never seen conservatives stand down and excuse horrific things from the federal government like they did during Trump's term. And I don't want to live through another four years of that. He wants to take the guns first, due process second. No, no big deal, Mike. That's okay. If Joe Biden had said that, I know we always play these games, if Barack Obama had come on and supported red flag laws and taking your guns first and then letting you have access to the courts, oh my gosh, American patriots and rednecks would have been up in arms about that gun grabber. And yet, I've, I've, I've got the audio. I'm not making any of these things up. They're, they're facts. And I'm such a... The Republican Party is just horrible in, in and of itself. I'm going to finish with this just because this was almost funny, and I know I'm not going to get to it tomorrow. This was in Massachusetts. Massachusetts having problems with the illegal immigration stuff. And certainly, yes, Donald Trump was better on the border, but he didn't deliver what everybody says he delivered. We didn't have a secure border during Donald Trump. We certainly didn't have the chaos we got now. Joe Biden must go. Democrats must go. It's so weak and pathetic that the United States, the states on the southern border can't even defend themselves, is just pathetic. Texas looks like it's trying to maybe start. Look, the bottom line is most Republicans want this influx of illegals as well as the Republicans do because the Chamber of Commerce wants them. But this is Massachusetts. I am enjoying watching the the blue states and sanctuary cities choke. And here's, uh, here's what they're asking in Massachusetts. Most importantly, if you have an extra room or suite in your home, please consider hosting a family. <laughs> Safe housing and shelter is our most pressing need. Become a sponsor family. You can contact the Brazilian Workers Center for more information on how you can step up if you're willing to have an additional family be part of your family. If you're a local official, a college president, a business owner or a faith leader with an available building or space in your community, please work with us to offer it as a shelter site. If you're a social service provider, please consider becoming an emergency assistance homeless shelter provider. Our resources are stretched thin there as well. And if you're a hotel or a motel owner, consider opening it up for emergency assistance. If you're a landlord or a property owner, we can use you too. We can connect you with service providers to help transition families into permanent housing. It's funny. They did, I don't, don't remember them saying anything like that for like homeless veterans. <laughs> they never asked anybody to ho- host a homeless veteran over the past several years. It really is very, very sick stuff. But uh, Mike Johnson, 
Here, here's the other side of this coin. A lot of people say, I'm a Republican. And I say, why? <laughs> Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, said he has, quote, talked to Joe Biden about using his executive uh, powers to close the border, unquote. Isn't that nice? Your top Republican, he met with Joe Biden and he asked, pretty please? Pretty please, would you close the border? And this is, uh, this is just another hack that is running uh, the Republican Party at the, the national level. But while Mike Johnson does not seem, they passed another huge spending bill. It's going to do nothing to secure the border. They're doing a lot of talking, doing absolutely nothing when it comes to action. But Mike Johnson, your Republican leader of the House, is fired up about one thing. House Speaker Mike Johnson met with Taiwan's U.S. envoy at the Capitol on Tuesday, after which he vowed to continue supporting the Taiwanese people against Chinese aggression. Quote, we stand shoulder to shoulder with the Taiwanese people. We certainly want to help in the defense of Taiwan, which is very important. We want to deter the Chinese Communist Party and any military provocations. The U.S. stands with our friends. So he may not be committed to the borders of the United States, but he is committed to the borders of Ukraine, Israel, and now Taiwan. That's your Republican Party. Oh, I'm so glad I left them. That's all the time I got. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Me and my crew.